Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Believe in Boston College. I'll be your host, Trevor Hess, joined by Matthias Kiwanuka and Jeremy Trueblood. Thanks for listening, and we really appreciate it. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the uh, past game that BC had against UMass. They won 45-28 to to move to 2-0 in the season, and their upcoming game against Temple this Saturday at noon. Good chance for the Eagles to move to 3-0. Uh, so, Jeremy, Matthias, just first, I'm curious about your thoughts about the last game. Just what are some of the pros and cons of playing a team like UMass? And just how does that build, you know, go toward the rest of the schedule when you face a team like that? Yeah, so we we had a, an off-camera discussion about this, and, and my feelings are are this. You know, when you, when you schedule a team like UMass on your schedule um, – you know, it gives a lot of people a lot of opportunities to get the kinks out, you know, to, to work on things that they've been, you know, trying to perfect throughout the, the offseason and whatnot. But it doesn't do a whole lot in terms of getting yourself prepared to play. We got some major games coming up here really early on in the season. And I think, you know, a, a game like this can kind of it can kind of trick you into believing that you are something that you're not. Now, I don't think that that necessarily happened. I thought we came out. We performed very well. Um but Jeremy, I'm curious about what you think about that. Um, I'll tell you what, Matthias, like I, I want to uh, think about not, not playing a small school, you know, is uh, like not being a positive because of, you know, all these negative things. But sometimes I want to like flip the script, right? Because of our coaches, our coaches would be like, Hey, this is just another practice. Right. But maybe it's against a little bit, something better than the scout team. Right. Mm -hmm. So like everything's a progression. So, you know, you play the good teams, but to play the good teams, you got to kind of beat someone better than your practice squad. You got to beat someone or second string. You got to beat someone a little bit better than the starters. You know, you got to kind of see where you stand and keep like, you know, measuring yourself and kind of getting better and, uh, you know, just kind of evaluating yourself and thinking, well, I'm not getting any better, but I'm not getting any worse. So we're not going to win many games doing that kind of thing. Right. So they weren't doing that. They came back out. They corrected what they did wrong. You know, they, they had a big injury there, but, uh, you know, that's part of the game too. Great. Yeah, Matthias, I'm curious what you've seen from the defense so far. I mean, you know, no no points in six quarters, no matter who you're playing, is pretty solid. And then obviously the second half against UMass, a little bit, you know, not their best performance, but just what have you seen from the D so far? I mean, I see the group. They're playing together. They're playing hard. That's my my biggest thing early on in the season is, are you guys playing every single down? You know, when you line up or are your hands on your knees, are you dragging? They look like they're in shape. They look like they are prepared. They understand what the defense is asking of them early on in the season. And, I mean, I, I love it, to be honest with you. I really do. Great. And Jeremy, the offense has been great. I mean, the offensive line coming in, we knew they'd be good. Alec Lindstrom at center and just a great supporting cast around him. Zion Johnson's a beast, future NFL guy, most likely. Just what have you seen from them so far? I, uh, I watched those guys pretty close the first game, um, and I was impressed. I love their um, tenacity, to tell you the truth. Like uh, Vabral, the left tackle, I tell you what, man, that guy, he gets after it. He's a big boy, and he has a nasty demeanor. I love watching him and the whole left side in general. But uh, as an offense, I was just kind of uh, excited about 
their overall energy. You know, if, like I said, something goes bad, someone missed a block. Cause I, I focus on the O-line, you know, and if someone misses a block, obviously <laughs> you, you focus on the O-line just no. a little bit. I can't not watch the right side, but you know, I was watching the left side a little bit and uh, I was really impressed. I mean, from every mistake they had, they came back and they did something a little better each and every one of them, all five of those linemen. And let uh, me, let me ask you a question not yeah, to cut up? you off, but like when you're, when you're watching film, do you still watch it as though you're getting ready to play? Like, because I, I have this problem, like I cannot stop my eyes from going to certain places. Like my first thing I do, you, you check the formation, you check what the, um, you know, what the personnel is. And then I want to see what both defensive ends are lined up in. Then I want to see what the linebackers are. And by the time I actually like pay attention, I'm like, I've been basically like scouting the position that I was going to play the whole time. Is that how you watch film? Or are you just out there watching it? <laughs> I watch it quite the same way. So uh, the last BC game I got to watch, I was, hanging out with my girlfriend and we were watching the game and I kept pausing it and I was just rewinding it because there's five linemen. Correct. So I have to watch every single one of them. But even before then I got a little bit more probably annoying, but I was trying to pick out run pass, you know, yeah. run pass option all this kind of stuff. Yeah. The same thing, but I was playing defense and offense and trying to just see like I'm playing the game myself. I have to, or it's not interesting, you know, how long did that right. take you? Five, six hours. Watch the game. Yeah. Oh, I paused it. It took me about, you know, look the game. I fast forward through the commercials, you know, of course, I already know all the good stuff to buy in the supermarket. So uh, <laughs> I just kind of pick through, you know, and fast forward. It took me about three hours or so. Was I mean, I know what I'm looking for. So I'm just looking for effort. I'm looking for, you know, execution and the small things. And really, I'm just looking for as far as line play goes. I'm just looking for no one to point fingers and kind of just pick up what they you know messed up and fix it. Was your girlfriend OK with it? You know, it lasted a while and then she kind of just uh, didn't say much and kind of went about her business. I think that was her way of saying, I don't really need to know all that. <laughs> <laughs> you're you know, you're insane. Goes, she, she did listen on me. I'll be honest with you. And she was really into it, but like, you know, it's like trying to teach a different language to somebody who has no idea, right? She's never played football. She has no idea any of the verbiage or the language. And it's, it's much like in culture, you know, you go to a different country and you start speaking a different language. You have no idea what someone's saying. So, I mean, like you want to listen and you're nice and you're a good person, but at the same time, you're like, okay, you know, that sounds good. Right. Well, I know you guys are linemen, so I appreciate you talking about that, but we do have to talk a little bit about the quarterback situation. It's obviously, you know, a bad, a tough blow for BC losing Phil Dracovic, one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC and the country. Um, tough, tough spot for him just to fall down on his hand and just get flattened like that out for the majority of the season, if not the whole thing. So Dennis Grossell is a fully capable backup. He's obviously one of the better ones in the ACC, if not the country as well, but still a tough spot. So just what do you guys think about that and how does it affect your outlook on what the season will look like? I think we're fortunate to have Dennis Grossell out there. I think, um, you know, he's shown what he can do last year and obviously coming in and being able to contribute right away. And I heard a uh, coach say that he didn't have to make too many adjustments or changes to the game plan. I think that's huge. That says a lot about a young man's character. You know, it's real easy when you're out there carrying a clipboard or when you're out there, you know, with not intending to start the game. You know, you always, you always feel like you're going to play. I don't know how quarterbacks feel because, you know, they don't actually get in there a lot. But like, you know, when you when you don't think that you're going to be out there in the game, it's easy to let your mind wander and to, and to drift. But, you know, for him to be able to come in and to have that comment by the coach that says, you know, you know, I didn't have to change anything. You know, I was able to just continue calling the game. That's huge. You know, and that's a lot. That says a lot about BC, the kind of guys that they bring into the organization and the program. And and, um, you know, I hope that that mentality is fed throughout the team and, and that we, um, you know, we don't have any drop offs. 
Yeah, I uh, I agree. I with the first game when he came in towards the end of the game, um, I noticed because I'm a big guy, I like to watch body language, right? I'm sure everyone does, but I'm just taking notice of everybody in the huddle and they kind of just all gravitated towards him. You can just tell what quarterbacks have it, right? You know, if a quarterback walks in the huddle and he's not looking in the eye, you're kind of like, uh oh. So I think they're in a good spot there. Um, but also, you know, talking about Phil, I think one of the big things in the injury is, uh, you know, everyone's like, oh, I'm a big, back, strong guy. I'll come back. Well, like the reality is you're going to come back the same just at a later date. You're going to come back a little better uh, from the adversity you face it. You're going to find out who your good friends are, like the right process to get better and what's going to make you an overall better person and player. Or you're just going to like, you know, not get any better because you're going to start feeling for yourself. So I really think that he's in a good place at Boston College, too, because, uh, you know, you've seen guys in the past, Matthias, like um, mm -hmm. I want to think of that right tackle from our uh, my freshman year. What was his name? Jeremy uh, Simpson, right? He like hurt his neck real bad, could never play football ever again. You know, they kept a scholarship they gave him a job in the office to give him a purpose. And the guy, you know, I don't know what he's doing in his life now, but I tell you what, he never, ever didn't have a smile on his face. Right. That's the that's the community of Boston College. So I hope he kind of finds his way there. There, there's something to it. Um, I, I think BC just kind of gets it. You know, they're not, they're, they're not there just to pump out athletes. I think we have yeah. great athletes. We have tremendous football teams every year and basketball and, and whatnot. But when you look at what guys are doing post-career, whether they made it to the NFL or not, I think we have a, a pretty good understanding of, of what life's about. And you said it, you know, he's going to find out who is, who is close friends. It, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but when you actually go through it, you know, you do find out a lot about yourself. It, it, it tests yourself. I was fortunate enough and, you know, I'll do a couple of back in my days, you know, <laughs> back in my day. No, but I, uh, I made it through college without, you know, any major injuries, but I did get injured when I got to the NFL and that does test. It tests you, it tests your, your mental capacity. It tests your, your, your fortitude tests you, you know, you think you're a man and then you have to sit and deal with the depression that sets in when you're watching your team go and you can't contribute. Cause as, as a man, that's, that's a big part of life. A big part of life is having a, a purpose, like you said. And so, you know, I, I look, I look at it like he's in a he's in a horrible situation right now. He's hurt, you know, and, and he was starting and he was playing very well and he has a good bright future. But this is an opportunity for him to get better and mature as a person, because for everybody, you know, all of us at some point, the game ends and you're back to being a person or, mm. you know, you and you or you got to figure out what kind of person you are going to be. So hopefully this is, like you said, a life lesson where he can uh, start that evaluation process of himself and and use it as a tool. Hopefully he doesn't need it right away. Hopefully he comes back, plays well, goes to the NFL and has a great successful career. But after that, you know, maybe he can look back at these days and say, hey, you know what? I learned a lot from that season that I spent on the sideline. Heck yeah, Matthias. I'll tell you what, man. I, uh, I like yourself, I didn't have many major injuries. I think I missed a couple practices, maybe one in college, like when I separated my shoulder. And I remember just feeling kind of like the biggest sissy ever uh, because like I just never miss practice. You know what I mean? Like if I couldn't walk, I'll find a way to play. I mean, you can, you can convince yourself, you can compensate in any way you have to. I, I believe that. I mean, there's days where I couldn't walk and I did it. Right. But like, so he can do it right. He'll, and he'll do it with the right people. And like you said, like, you know, he could be 38 years old and have had a great life of never getting hurt. And then he might hurt his back like I did. Right. And then I was stuck in the bed for a long time. And this is because of football, but just because I try to keep lifting. Right. That's just me. But like my experience, you know, was like, Oh, Hey, wait a minute. Like there's more to life than just like being a big, strong person. Right. So, and in this moment in his life, he'll have some time to recover physically, 
and deal with stuff mentally. And the good thing is he's a quarterback. Quarterbacks are most, you know, the most mentally strong people, I think, on the team. They have to lead a lot of men and take care of themselves. I mean, that's like the, uh, the ultimate father or coach, right? So I think he'll be fine. Even more than kickers? Kickers, man, I don't know. That's a good question. Listen, I used to love kickers. I like most of the kickers are my friends, but I also gave them a very hard time. Um, it was a tough love thing. <laughs> you you are... gave people a hard time? <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, my style of right. love is to kind of pull you along by dragging you by your face mask type thing, you know, but that was just because like, you know, get in the boat or get off. But that, you know, that's why I wasn't a captain. And that's why Matthias has been a captain of almost every team we've played for, because he was one of those guys and I just hopped on board, you know, his ship. So it is what it is. But yeah, he's a quarterback. You know, kickers are special people you're you're the you were the you people's captain <laughs> I was the people's captain right <laughs> have you seen that picture of the colts i'm not to change the subject but like you know that's the beauty of football there is the colts kicker who's like you know he's a small scrawny looking guy but he's probably really good at what he does right i don't know if he's a kicker or a punter i just saw a picture and he's next to dk metcalf that jacked wide receiver from the seahawks right with the glasses yeah, yeah. you see that picture i mean that's yeah. the beauty of football like yeah, you can be a big hulking man, but you know, if you, there's a purpose for a lot of different. I, I try to tell people this all the time. Like, you know, guys would always be like, oh, you're so big. You play. You, that's why you played football. I was like, honestly, like there's there's a spot for everybody on a football field. There is. I mean, like they don't they, I don't think they realize like a lot of these DBs, a lot of those corners are not that tall. You know, they're they're big. They're jacked because they work out and they put their time in in the weight room. But not everybody has to be six, six to 50 plus, you know, what I'm saying? and there's they don't hit of, anybody out there on the edge, by the way. Most you defensive guys except for on the line you know you most know, you of you have, defensive guys i'm just you know what i did I generalized, <laughs> and i'm wrong there but i will tell you that you know um i don't know like you're, you're right like the, the little guys out there some of them are just really smart they never get in the way ronde barber yeah. i played ronde barber for the bucks right like he wasn't a yeah. big hulking guy that guy got sacks on me in practice he got sacks in the game he's like one of the only like either 20 20 or 40 40 club sacks yeah. and interceptions right i know this isn't about bc but you know, football in general, you don't, you could be a brain and be good too. You don't have Absolutely. to, you know, you could run around somebody just like you can run through them. So. Absolutely. I played with some defensive linemen who were, you know, career uh, decision makers, you know, instead of decision makers, <laughs> business, business, they call it a business decision <laughs> when you, when you avoid contact. I mean, looking back on it, it's not too stupid if you think about it. Cause we get paid, you get paid for sacks, you know, what's you your job, paid. what's your job, get it the is ball. What it is do your job yeah. right like my job is not to take on a 300 pound man is what the guys used to tell me they saw me coming there like they ducked for the ground and i would mm -hmm. laugh and i laid on them and they're like man this ain't my job like, thank for you this. for not trying to kill me but thank this is not my job <laughs> but back to phil he will be okay i think what do you think with ice yeah no i think he's gonna be okay as an individual like you said like quarterbacks <laughs> are intrinsically like tough at that level mentally you know like Very. physically yeah they're tough but like they're they're mentally strong like I don't know a quarterback who can be at that level without having some sense of just you know stick to itiveness fortitude whatever whatever word you whatever coaching euphemism you want to you want to use those guys there there's just there's just a different way about them the way that they carry themselves the way that they that they navigate yeah. throughout the building like they're they're, it's like they've been there before. They have it. They have a, a better understanding of what's going on. The rest of us, we're like, you know, the henchmen just walking through the building, dump to dump to dump to dump to yeah. dump. But the quarterbacks are kind of like, you know, they're 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 directing traffic and they're making sure everybody gets to where they need to go. Um, so now that it, it's his turn, you know, I hope that there's somebody who's uh, you know, directing him where to go and he'll be fine. That's a good point. Someone to tell him, kind of give him some direction when he loses his way. Bring, a bit, bring you know? Flutie, bring Flutie back. Yeah, man, bring Flutie back. He's always there, or he used to be when we were there, right? I, yeah, mean, I don't know if he's there he anymore, always, but he used to always be hanging around. He was there right when you needed him. I feel like 
<laughs> hey, look, a Heisman winner. I can do that too. Not me, but you know, someone else. Well, your comments about, uh, you know, any size, being able to play football has my mind racing. I'm 5'7", 135. I was a, a mean uh, flag football quarterback in college, and I considered playing on my JV team in high school, but decided against it. I might get crushed, so probably for the best. <laughs> you, know, you know what I think about that? I think everyone, I think sports is a vehicle or an outlet for, you know, whatever's going on in your life in a good way or bad way, right? Like people decide to choose that for whatever reason. But I think, you know, the people who realize that, you know, I can do some things with my brain, or maybe I'm not as big and powerful as I thought I was physically, you know, like, there's just kind of like a glass break moment for people, right? Where they're like, ah, football is not for me. Like, mm -hmm. luckily, I was six foot eight, like Matthias said, like six foot eight, 300 pounds, showed up to BC at 240, you know, got to 330. You know, I've been big and fat, all these kind of things. But like, it, it doesn't matter, like little and strong, it doesn't matter. Like I changed my body, but I had the frame, right? So like I was able to adapt to that kind of things. Like there was people along the way who were so much better than me, but they chose different uh, career paths because like, you know, maybe they just like found something that really, you know, tickled their fancy type thing. And, uh, and you know, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever for people like, you know, me and Matthias, you, you get privileged enough to play for a long time because of your size and your work ethic and your mental, you know, fortitude. But at the same time, like, you know, it's not like we're more special or more powerful. You know, I, I still respect the quiet guy because I don't know what the hell he's thinking. You know what I mean? He could be a psychopath or a really smart guy. And he's about ready to give me the best advice ever or he's going to slap me, you know, and there's going to be a fight or something because he's psycho. I don't know. But then, you know, like the quiet guy still intimidates me because like he could be, you know, he could beat me in a mental chess game any day of the week type thing. You never know, right? It's, don't judge a book until you read the cover. It's important, especially in, in sports. It teaches you how to manage your emotions. You know, we yeah. both have we both have kids right now, right? So my son is seven, my daughter's nine, and you know, and you can, I, I can see so many of the lessons. My daughter just started playing lacrosse. My son's gonna play flag football. He starts tomorrow, and you know, a conversation we had just today. You know, my daughter's sitting next to people in class, and you know, so and so finishes faster than she does. So she feels like she has to rush and that's why she got it wrong. And I'm like, yo, there, I, I told her in life, there's always going to be somebody who's faster. There's always going to be somebody who's stronger or smarter or, or whatever it is. You have to stay in your lane and run your own race because is it more important to be done first or is it more important to get it done? Right. And, and she got it, you know, she understood it. And to me, I was thinking like, these are these are lessons that you learn um, in sports a lot of the times, you know, growing up, you know, when people ask me, oh, how did you make it to the NFL? Man, I was not the best athlete on my grade school team. I wasn't the best athlete on my high school team. It wasn't until I got to college where, you know, I worked to become, you know, what I consider the best athlete on that team. But like all throughout my career. I love it. I, was, I love it. I love the conversation. I was going to say, we can have that. No, I love it. It's true though. For his size. I'm, not, I'm sorry. You know, no, you, know, no, you were a freak though. We could have that debate later, but that, nah, but, but the, the point was, you know, you don't, you're, you don't always, you, you always keep trying to be the best. Like you should always keep striving to be the best. That was my thing. Like I got to BC and here's a tangent i got to bc and i was you know 6'6 195 and i thought to myself looking at antonio garay and sean guthrie and, and all these guys you know who are 6'5 270 with you know 10 12 body fat whatever it is i was like i'm never gonna play i was like i messed up i made a mistake i went to the wrong school i should have stayed in the midwest where i could have played right and yeah. um and so I did, but then after that, you know, I had a conversation. I remember having a conversation with my mom and she told me, you know, re encouraged me and this and that. And um, I decided I was going to do it. And from that day, I didn't miss a lift on the sheet 
in um, that weight room. So every after my freshman year, every lift yeah. that was on that sheet, I did not miss one until it was time to go to um, Arizona for the Play Ball America weekend. And that was that's that's the story that I tell the kids when they ask me, like, how did you make it to the NFL? I mean, I first I thought I was out before I even started. And then I decided that I was back in and I just I just worked my butt off. So, you know, these these lessons that you learn can stick with you for life and they can be passed on to the next generation. There's my tangent right there. I, I love the tangent myself, but <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to touch on the fact that you talked about, you know, first of all, I was there, everybody. I saw him in high school and college and in the NFL and still to this day, I, I he was maybe not even 195. I just want you to know that. Everybody, I was not, I was not he, as official. I think I he's exaggerating there. here, but I mean, <laughs> he, he didn't turn into a freak. And I, I saw him freshman year. Okay. Like they told us if we didn't gain a pound a week, when we showed down there, which it's, it's doable, you know, but when you're doing all that physical activity, it's not really when you don't even know about anything about nutrition, they're trying to teach you and stuff. And so, you know, we go down there, we'd be doing up downs, Matthias and I, just the two of us, because we didn't gain enough weight. Now that sounds kind of productive. If you ask me, but like the rule, you know, it was like, you know, we're just, we're losing weight. We're doing this, this is Matthias and I bitching. But in that moment, and I remember I fell on my knee. I thought I was going to explain Actually, that was Tim Bowman one time. And then like, I fell down and then I was like doing the up downs. I didn't want to get back up. And, you know, doing that every day, and like feeling like you're not enough can have a negative effect on you. It really can. But if you're like, you know, if you know, it's for a purpose, like we talked about earlier, and you know that people are there to help you, you'll be, you'll get through it. Right. Like I looked over Matthias's right there and we go back to the room at the night where we were, we were uh, roommates freshman year, you know, and you know, you could get into a fight and everything, but we'd sit there and talk and have a great time. Right. And that's what, like, when I, when I showed up, I saw Chris Snee, I got there a day early on accident and uh, Chris Snee was like laying, taking a nap on his bag. And he is jacked, mind you, at the time, right? And I'm like, like I said, 250. And I was like, there ain't no way I'm going to do this. I don't remember who I talked to. Maybe you talked to your mom and I talked to you. I don't know. But like whoever I talked to, thank God they convinced me to stay. Because Chris Snee, I mean, we all know this. I mean, he's one of the best linemen I've ever played with, if not the best. And, uh, you know, just, a, I don't know. He's a, just a freak. But, uh, you know, when you look at a guy like that, you're like, how am I ever going to do it? But then like when you kind of do it, you're proud of yourself, right? But then you expect big and better things. And so like, you know, when you say like you want to keep on, learning a lesson and like you know you want to like get it right like I, I often think to myself like that was sometimes a problem for me and I don't know if that's sometimes a problem for other people but like you know you want to prove everyone wrong or you want to get everything right because like you were doing things wrong in a good way right you want to be a good a good player a, a reliable teammate but then you know you got to you got to realize that like there's sometimes where like making a mistake is the means to learning the lesson to doing better yeah, I think that's an interesting concept. I mean, we all want to look ahead to the, you know, the future and where we want to be in five, 10 years, not to get too deep here, but I just feel like if you, you know, you have to enjoy the journey, you have to enjoy the process and the grind. Just how did you, yeah. you guys go about that when things didn't necessarily go the way you wanted them to? And how did you turn that into gold ultimately? Kiwi. Um, in college, everything went the way I wanted it to in college. I <laughs> no, I mean, I'll, I'll be real. Let's be honest. Like, I mean, um, okay. So playing a small school, let's talk about something about the back to the negative, right? Like, so you're just going over there and you're not getting any competition, right? That's what they want to say. Well, um, I know when I played UMass, I played a little guy who played defensive end. And he, he worked me a few times. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, this is very embarrassing. Like, I can't have this on, I can't have this on film. Like I'm playing, you know, one double A team or whatever it was like, I'm going to get embarrassed. They're not going to draft me aside. This is stupid. Like, how am I doing this? You know, but like, and to all his credit, he figured out a way to get around me a bunch of times. And like, in that moment, I was like, I am not as good as I am. You know what I mean? I was like, I have to do better. And so I can sit here and act like, because most of the times we played the small schools, I'd pick the people up, I'd body slam them, I'd hit them after the play was over, you know, I'd intimidate the shit out of them. Uh, but then when it was all said and done, you know, like, 
you just feel like you're better than you are, right? So then you go mm-hmm. play another team and you get your ass kicked a little bit and you're like, oh, wait a minute, mm-hmm. like I'm not that good after all. So like, there's the beauty in that. I think another thing about playing small schools is the fact that like, it's a little bit of a, you know, ego check. A little bit of, hey, you're not as good as you are if you get beat by like who someone you deem not as good as you, which let's be real, like we just talked about earlier. Anyone can get beat on any given Sunday on any given play, you know, just given you weren't focusing right, right? I, I agree 100%. And there's always a guy. Every every small team has a guy. So, so somebody's, somebody's going to get work. Like you had the guy against UMass at the, you know, as a defensive end. But there's going to be there's going to be a corner somewhere that shouldn't have been there. There's going to be some junior college yeah. transfer that should have been, you know, playing, um, you know, playing in the uh, in the art division or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. like, you know, so everybody has to be on alert. I mean, we've all had those games where you go into it and you think like, oh, <laughs> this, guy, this guy this guy's a scrub you see him on film he's not doing very he's well he's not a scrub you come, you come out you come, you come out the game you're like hey the scouting report's wrong what? we got some bad intel mayday save yourself now i know what you mean man like there's games where like i would go out there and be like oh, i'm not even gonna like i would watch film you know i would prepare myself the same way every time but like maybe when i was watching film maybe i was like i don't know honest and messenger back in the day or like like throwing on something wet at Kiwi just to piss them off in the room. I don't know what I was doing, but like, you know, there comes the time where like, I feel like, how'd I miss that? Like how'd I miss that ability or type of thing? But you know, it's an oversight because you think you're better what than I, you are. What I learned and I don't, and you know, and this is from coach Willis. Um, he, he told me that you get to a certain level, you get everybody else's best shot, whether mm-hmm. it's the coach or the player in front of you or the line in general. By the time I made it towards the end of my career, I could start at, at BC. I could stand on one side of the line and like walk up and down and I would watch everybody's eyes follow me up and down the line, you know, like they were, they were focused because I was a key for them, you know, like what I did mattered to their offense for the call or for the check or for whatever it was, you know? And so I, I, I learned as I got older, like sometimes it, it got harder, you know what I mean? Because everybody, everybody wanted that, that shot everybody wanted that that opportunity to 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 knock off the the top dog you know so i um i I learned that i had to bring it every single week regardless of of who we were playing it didn't matter i had my own game within the game and then and then you also like you said like you have a lot of pride you're chasing stats you know you're chasing whoever's a sack leader here and there and this and that and you 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 start to play for for different reasons now you're no longer playing against the team that's on the field you're playing against everybody in the nation every defensive end the nation is going to be ranked at some point and I want to be at the top like those kind of things so I think it it can be like we said it can be a negative as as a whole but I think for each individual that's something that you got to remember you got to remember that you're playing against every college football player that's out there who's going to be ranked who's going to be scouted who's going to be considered you know a, a prospect for the NFL and you don't ever want to have bad tape out there on yourself you never if they see it once they're going to be looking for it again and again and again and you know a couple times that becomes a stigma you don't want any bad tape if you're between those lines it better be full go all the time yeah yeah that's that's absolutely correct um you know when you're talking about like people watching you walk up and down the sideline, it got me thinking about like that whole quarterback situation again. Cause I, I remember that like people did watch Matthias walk up and down. And uh, you know, the reason I could notice that is because like, not that I felt like I was in second com- in command or anything, but like, I wasn't a captain. Right. So like I'd be walking behind him and people did listen to me too, but it was like, it was like a hierarchy, right. You know, it was like, Oh, well, Matthias said do this, but Trueblood said that. Well, Matthias, you know, and I'd be like, Hey, you know, but like at the same, and not that I was ever trying to do that, but I'm just saying, as you walk behind someone, you can see the people looking at them, especially if you're looking at them too, right? So, um, 
yeah, I mean, like it's it's hard for people to realize that. So like back to the quarterback thing, like, you know, people realize that one person can be the leader of the team, but like part of being injured and being a good leader is like kind of stepping back and like keeping track and keeping tabs mm-hmm. on everyone, but letting the backup quarterback do his thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So there's some like there's some uh learning in that too, because you're like, hey, I, I used to be the number one, I'm number two until I'm better. And then hopefully I can prove it all over again. You know, I mean, he's pretty damn good or like, you know, whatever. Maybe you won't have a chance to do that because of the injury. But, uh, you know, that what you do to support the person that replaces you is, speaks volumes. Speaking about like what the NFL coaches are looking for. They mm-hmm. see you, you know, you already said that, like holding the clipboard and you don't know what they're like doing and kind of stuff like that. Either do I. I know that they always know what play it is, though. <laughs> you can always find <laughs> the backup quarterback and ask what play it is. So as long as you keep your mind in the game and keep growing that way, you don't have to play physically. You can always watch and learn. So, so is Dennis that guy? You said when you watched him, you saw how everybody looked at him. You saw how they looked in his eyes well, and, and this and that. Like, you think he's that dude for them right now? Personally, I think so. I mean, I'd yeah. watched it in a small amount last year, but he plays. he's played before, and I've watched those games yeah. that he has. So, like, you know, I've always kind of felt that way. I mean, players can come out there, and quarterbacks-wise, and they can just light it up athletically and throw the ball deep and run around and make themselves look silly. But, like, when, you know, it gets to the two-minute drill, that's mm-hmm. when you can really kind of tell what kind of – balls that guy has if you want to call it that or like the it factor you know and uh just like anyone else really like man i don't know about how you played in two minute drill but two minute drill like i almost felt like you know how reggie miller we're from indiana everybody so i hope you know that but reggie miller used to talk about the hoop you know being as big i forget what he's called but like you know it's just throwing a ball into something that was really big and i was like thinking to myself like when i play football and i'm like in that zone people move in slow motion while mm-hmm. you're not you know mm-hmm. so but that takes a whole lot of focus it does. A lot of focus, a lot of practice. I mean, you, you got to put the time in. Like they say you got to pay the cost to be the boss. I hope they've paid yeah. it. That mental that mental work, man, they're doing it. You can tell. You can tell on the field. So it's been fun to watch. You know, it, it's hard, like you said, when we watch this, not to go back into our day and, like, put our thing on there because we're like, hey, it was so much fun because it was. It was the best, one of the best times of my life, and I've learned so many great things. So it's hard not to talk about some of our times, but at the same time, it's like because you're so excited for these guys. You know what I mean? They're in the middle of one of the best times of their life, learning so many good things and accomplishing so many great things at the same time it's just exciting stuff to watch that's why college sports is just so so awesome if you ask me I, I will say they are they are doing a good job using their platforms like when you when you get to you know see them on instagram and, and twitter and, and and whatnot just mm-hmm. interacting like they i think um <laughs> Honestly, they're, they're representing the school social media wise a lot better than we probably would have <laughs> represented I, I, the school. I've always said I made it through college because there wasn't social media. So, yeah. you know, I mean, like that's fun and games. But like, and the truth is, like, you have to be a better person when no one's looking. You have to be an actual mm-hmm. genuinely good person when no one's looking within mm-hmm. the age of social media, you know. So it's the ultimate test. People want to act like parents. I was reading something today about like how parents always want to act like. Uh, whatever's happening that time is bad for the kids. Like the, mm-hmm. the Beatles having long hair is bad. Mm-hmm. It's going to make kids have back bad because of long hair, mm-hmm. you know, now it's social media. Well, what it is, is like, you're doing a whole lot of mental work and you're not getting out there doing any physical work. So you're creating an imbalance. Okay. So give your kid a little bit of screen time. This is my feeling. I'm, I could be wrong. I have two kids. They're five and seven. They write, read everything just fine. You know, I give them, you know, <laughs> they're little normal humans, but I give them, uh, you know, I give them some screen time and they chill out you know, yeah. like for 30 minutes to an hour, but like they ask for more. I say, no, like there's rules and there's regulations to being a follower. And until you're 18, I'm sorry, you are one, you know? Yeah. So that's just, that's, you know, uh, now I get to be a coach for the first time in my life, but um, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Other than nah, the I they like just, it. They just like put their heads out here. I, just, I could see them. So sorry. Nah, <laughs> I like it. Nah, it, it, it makes sense because, you know, 
every every generation does have its thing and the 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 generation before then does kind of you know turn their nose up at it because they don't understand it you know yeah. they don't they don't get it our parents didn't get it i'm first generation so i grew up i grew up here in the united states my mom didn't grow up here so i was kind of turned loose a lot you know like a lot of stuff a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff yeah. that was going on she was just kind of like is that what they do here okay go for it you know what i mean so so i had yeah. to figure it out on my own um, and I think that's what a lot of these kids are doing in their own, in their own world, you know, and, um, it's translating, it's translating on the field. You see it. There's a lot of individual, um, uh, individualistic mentalities and stuff like that, but it, it does also bring out people's true character. I think, you know, there's less robots. There's more individuality mm -hmm. in a positive sense. Like you get to know somebody more than just what you saw on the field or what you saw in an interview. You get to, you know, you get to see their own perspective, their own take on life. Yeah, it might be curated for Instagram or for, for Twitter, but it still is an insight into how this young person is thinking. I think there's, there's definitely some benefit and, and lots of value to that. Um, even though I'm not on social media, except for, uh, just Twitter, I'm not on Instagram or Facebook, any kind of stuff, but like, even though I'm not on it, cause like I have the personality that if I'm bored, I'm just going to sit there and look at it. And so I'm just that type of person where I'm like, I'm not going to prevent, present myself with that opportunity if, uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to not treat it right. Right. You know? So I'm like, Oh, so I'm sitting there and I was doing, but like what I see in social media too, is like, you're looking, not that we have to focus on this, but you're looking at people's best moments. You know what I mean? Like we don't get to see what it takes up to where you get to that picture. Like, you know, all those awesome family pictures or someone's going to touch down when they're doing like this right like oh, you guys can't see me i just flex but like uh you know people are like looking all big and strong well like they don't no one saw that 10 months they spent in the gym this year and like the four years before that right like it's just this is the finished project you know what i'm saying there's mm -hmm. a process to everything but like you know you lose sight of that in the instant gratification of the world and sports too you know like I, that's why another thing why i think sports are a good thing because like you can't win a super bowl or you know in the college you can't win a championship week one right you can't do it mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta take your stepping stones you gotta like you gotta take your bumps your bruises and learn from them and like get there yeah i mean i i i, I see where you're we going go with in it. circles with this all day we could we could because, because we love doing that <laughs> <laughs> you know. i want to hear sorry go no no the, the one thing i would say is like social media is really good to keep up with people it's good to keep in touch like there's a lot of people whose family like, think about it like back in the day you didn't get to know like what your cousin's graduation looked yeah. like until you got to see them at a family reunion and they showed you pictures. So now at least you can, you can catch up in, in that sense, but that's, that's, for that's a great day. point. That's a great point. Cause I yeah. kind of sometimes wish, like I talk to you sometimes, you know, tell me something about high school or something like that. And I'll be like, huh, haven't even heard of his name in 15 years, you know? And I'm kind of like, Oh, I'm out of the loop, but you know, I mm -hmm. come find me if you want to talk to me. That's how I feel. Yeah. Face to face. Speaking of speaking back to some BC topics, talking about um, you know small schools, we got Temple, Missouri, and then Clemson. How <laughs> how do you how do you think you know leading up to these games? Do you think like is is that enough? Is that is that enough work? I mean, because we have NC State after that, then we have Louisville, then we have Syracuse. I mean, I would have liked to see maybe an NC State before Clemson. You know, maybe a, a Syracuse before there. You know, just to just to, to have a little bit more work leading up to a big game like that. What do you think? I agree. I think ideally you would want to play your bigger games, you know, towards the end of the year, right? Like, you know, what happens when like really big games happen at the beginning of the year and someone loses, you know, and then they play later in the year and then like they don't have the same players. It's not the same game, right? I mean, that's kind of how the season goes. I feel like when you, when you want to play Clemson, you want to be firing all cylinders, but they do have two games, you know, to kind of get used to a new quarterback, see how things go. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not really too – 
uh, sure about Missouri, but I mean, they, they can't be too bad, right? Anybody know? I mean, I don't know, but like, I, I just that, assume it has to be, Missouri game will be a pretty pivotal game in the season. If they can get four and oh, then, you know, they go into Clemson with a lot of momentum, but if they're, you know, two and two or three and one, that's things could get a little dicey. There you go. So, I mean, like just to prove to be four and oh, and like get in there, you know, like if that's what you want to do, if that's your goal. And if it's not four and oh, then make it the best with one loss, you know, whatever it is, make it the best BC year you can have. But I, I do think that maybe like they should, could use some more time, obviously with a new quarterback, but you know, time of his essence and it is a, it 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 is what it is right i mean you got to do what you got to do mm-hmm. all righty <laughs> well think? that's going to wrap up today thank you very much jeremy and matthias for coming on really appreciate it uh looking forward to next time we get to chat and thank you everyone for listening enjoy the game against temple on saturday and uh all the best thanks trevor thank you guys thanks everybody <laughs> <laughs> thanks Jim. swimsuit check sunscreen check phone charger check Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.